Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Uh, Chris here, hope you're doing well, staying safe, all the usual jazz that we talk about at this time that we're all living through at the moment. Um, we are here once again for a bit of a mix-up with not only SWPL football to talk about, but also the national team. Um, we are recording this fresh off the back of Scotland's first defeat in six um, away to Finland. Um, so we'll be starting the podcast with that. But so you don't just happen to listen to me rambling on, I have, of course, I'm joined by my good friend, uh, Campbell Finlayson Campbell. How are you doing? <laughs> I am good, Chris. A bit disappointed watching the Scotland game earlier on, but hi, overall I'm good. Good stuff. Um, yeah, let's not mess about because uh, we've got quite a wee bit to get through. Um, we've also got some insight from Mark Gordon and Mark Gordon, who I've made a mess of his name twice now because I did that when I spoke to him as well. Uh, from Mark Gordon, who covers Aberdeen women, um, he's uh, joined us on the podcast as well for a little chat. But let's get into the Scotland national team first of all, Campbell. Um, yeah, we're recording not long after Scotland defeated one 0 by Finland in Helsinki. Um, before we kind of do a little bit of analysis on the game, what you've kind of insinuated it already, but what were your thoughts um, kind of come full time? It was quite a frustrating afternoon, I think. I mean, watching the game on Friday, Albania were never, they're not one of the sides you're expecting many problems from. And Scotland were comfortable enough there without being great. And I think the problem was they continued not to be great this afternoon. And Finland are a better team than Albania. I mean, first half, Scotland were, they were pretty decent, but it's when you're not creating much and you're not taking your chances and that does get frustrating especially when you see the goal they gave away so it was wasn't a great afternoon but so still got the game in hand and we've still got obviously both Portugal and Finland to play at home so I mean there's still plenty to play for but given the good results we've had previously it was a bit of a disappointment in the end to be honest. Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say that it felt like a little bit of the continuation of the Albania game. And um, I thought that we played better than the Albania game, and I think that was helped by the fact that we're playing better opposition, so the tempo naturally increased a little bit, which I think for some of the players we have in our squad, I think that helped quite a bit. But I think you're right to say that we kind of... I thought we um, dominated the first half without really creating anything, and then Finland came out the blocks really quick in the second half, got their goal, and then from there... If I'm being truthful, I didn't ever really feel like the momentum was with us to kind of get an equaliser. I know we had a couple of chances toward the end, which we'll talk about. But yeah, I kind of like full time. I was a bit kind of like a bit flat, I think it's probably fair to say. Um, So let's rewind to the start and let's talk about the team. Um, Five changes Shelley Kerr made. I think we knew she was going to do that, Campbell, um, bringing in Kirsty Smith, Sophie Howard, Christy Murray, Martha Thomas and Lizzie Arnott. Were you surprised by any of those names that were coming in? Um, I mean, for me, I thought Kirsty Smith and Martha Thomas would be coming in. Um, surprised Christy Murray started ahead of Leanne Crichton, but I thought she had a, a decent game in midfield. And Sophie Howard coming in for Hannah Godfrey as well. But um, what was your take when you saw the starting lineup? I think it was good. I think we had to we had to freshen something up after Friday night. I mean, it was just awful slow. And for most of the game today, again, it was. But to start off with, I think both teams were going at a pretty decent pace early doors. And, Christy Murray was actually one of the fair bright spots in Scotland. A bright spot, sorry, in Scotland squad. She was always busy, sort of bouncing in the middle of the park, and it, you didn't notice that difference. But going forward, I think Martha Thomas was kind of a wee bit unlucky at times. The ball wouldn't just kind of stick to her. She was ended up losing it a few times. She had a great chance herself when she was through. But I, again, I just didn't really create too much, and that was that sort of major problem. If you're not creating, you're not going to score goals. So I mean. That wasn't a great, but I don't think any of the players that came in really did too much wrong. Kirsty Smith ended up getting battered about it. Any opportunity anyone could get. But um, I think they played fairly well, but it was just the second half, I think, given in, coming in at half-time, having seen the first half where we're on top, I think Scotland just being maybe, surely said to be a, bit, be a bit quicker and maybe create some more, then it would make a difference. But we just didn't give away a, a, a really sloppy goal to lose. It was, it was a disappointing goal. Um, and then as you say, we didn't really create much after that either. It was, it's just a just a sense of frustration and that it was a game that was there for the taking and in the end we kind of threw it away. I think so. It's it is quite disappointing and I'm sure the players and Shelley will themselves be frustrated not to come away with more than we come away with anything. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, as you say, there wasn't much created in the first half. One of the things that did happen, there was a penalty shout on the 19th minute, and Kirsty Smith, who you did mention, does seem to get battered a bit quite a bit, but I actually thought was maybe Scotland's best player um, uh, today. I, I'm still humming and hawing about that. I was thinking about it when I was driving back through from Edinburgh. But um, yeah, I think maybe she was the best player. Uh, for me, it wasn't a penalty, Campbell. I think you saw in the, the replay that the Finland player uh, got their foot in the ball. Was that a penalty for you, or are you quite happy with that decision? It was the same as the commentary team today. I know Susan Lapham was saying the same, where when you saw it at first, 
there was that shout for a penalty when it looked pretty obvious. But as you're saying, you see the replay and there's there's no really any contact there. So it was it was the right decision, I think, in the end. And it just kind of summed the thing up, I think, for Scotland and that nothing was really falling our way. Because if that had been the other end, you can you would have had the feeling that there would have been contact, there would have been a penalty, but yeah, it was it was never it was the right decision for the referee and just but annoying, I think, really for Scotland. I was um, I was watching the game, working with one hand, writing notes on the other hand, and watching with well my eyes, obviously, because I can't watch with my hands. That'd be weird. But um, as I was doing these things, I um, I wrote a note down. I noticed something that Caroline Muir did, where she started the move from left back, and about twenty seconds later, she was at the opposite um, touchline, winning a corner. And my initial reaction was, oh, I thought I think that's pretty cool, and I tweeted out a, a wee heat map of Caroline Muir being everywhere. But then the more the more the game went on, especially after we went a goal down, I noticed she was sitting very deep. Um, and I know she likes to sit in that kind of quarterback role. And I think speaking to a couple of people, they think that's a good role for her. But in the absence of Kim Little, I don't know about you, Campbell, but I would have liked to have seen her push forward a little bit more, um, especially when we're on top. And she can she's one of these people that can make stuff happen. Um, I was listening to Stephen Thompson on the radio on the way back, and he I think he's been very good to be fair I think he does his research he was at the European Under-19 Championships I know he goes to the games um, but one of the things I didn't quite agree with is that Scotland didn't try passes I think Caroline Weir did they didn't always come off but that's kind of the nature of the beast when you try and thread the needle um, but what, what was your thoughts in terms of Caroline Weir she, she was everywhere but do you think maybe she was she, she maybe would have been better guided into like one area of the park for a bit I think when you look at it on Friday night and both ourselves and plenty of other people were sort of picking her out as being Scotland's main player and today she did see that bit deeper and that works at Man City when you've got the players sort of further forward that are at a real high level and creating plenty of chances for them whereas as you're saying Kim Little missing Scotland were sort of lacking that and you see Erin Cuthbert sort of probably shoots into that role better and she's having to drop deep and you kind of had if both if she could come deeper and Caroline sort of push forward and then you had two of them getting the ball in that sort of area, what, 30, 40 yards for goal, that's where Scotland could have got some join. I think it just it, it just didn't work. I think then we just we Caroline's having to come deep to get the ball. She's having to build all the play herself and Finland don't give you that time on the ball that Albania will be getting. So I mean it, it's tough for her to then do anything obviously you're saying when Erin then played further forward when Martha Thomas came off as well. You ended up having nobody in that sort of that middle third of the pitch and it makes a big difference because if you're not creating like we're saying you're not going to score and they didn't. And it ended up just being a bit split disappointing again. Just saying, she does get everywhere, but once you can come into that place, you you sort of lose it a wee bit. I know Leanne Crichton then came in and it let her get further forward, but by this point, when Finland are sitting back behind, you know how hard it is trying to sort of break through a defence with ten players behind the ball. So it was it was a tough afternoon for them. But I think if you had maybe had Kim Little playing further forward, if when she's back, then you can see the difference. But I think with that the players we had today. I think having Caroline as deep as you are just certainly isn't going to work. Yeah, I mean, I also think that the players we had today were good enough to beat Finland. Um, and I think that the first half showed that. And I also think that uh, playing Martha Thomas was the right call. I think I um, said that somewhere else at some point. I don't know. I lose track of what I say a lot of the time. But I'm pretty sure at one point I did suggest that uh, Martha Thomas coming into the team would be good because she would um, run at the finished defence because there wouldn't be as much uh, kind of sitting in and holding. And I thought she did a decent job at it. She just didn't, the ball didn't break for her, I think, which we said earlier on as well. Erin um, Cuthbert had a shot just before half time, kind of flash wide from long range, but that was really it in terms of efforts in the first half. And I mean, for me, I thought going in an interval, I thought we played well, but we hadn't created enough. And I mean, Campbell, that first kind of five minutes from Finland after the break, it kind of, I think Scotland just were caught a little bit cold, I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah, I mean, Finland started both halves actually pretty quickly and whether that didn't do with the fact there was a crowd in or not, I don't know. But, I mean, that fast start caught Scotland out in both halves. Obviously, first half, we didn't lose a goal or anything, but it just seemed to be that we were kind of sort of still asleep at the start of both halves and it ended up costing us. I think the minute you go a goal behind away in Europe, it's always going to be tough. And unfortunately for Scotland, it remained that way. So it was, it was, a, it's a disappointing goal to lose. But Finland starting that half, as you say, really strongly. It was probably about the only time they were actually on top. To they didn't really cause us too many problems. But it's simply then it's enough. And if you're not scoring the goals, another team are, then you end up not getting the points, as we're saying. So it's, 
I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's just that sense of frustration and this really was a chance today to go and get points and in the end, we couldn't because of one soft, soft spell at the start of the second half. Yeah, so I mean that, in the lead up to the goal, Lee Alexander actually made a, a pretty good save from Francie from long range, um, resulted in a corner, wasn't really defended that well, uh, finally got a free header, Lizzie Arnick cleared it off the line and then, I mean, I, I know this will be a pet hate of, of lots of coaches attacking and defending, uh, there was a bouncing ball and Finland were first to it and Suminen put it in the back of the net pretty emphatically. Uh, 1-0 Finland. And to be honest, from that point on, Campbell, um, up until maybe the introduction of Jane Ross, I, I just don't think we, we troubled enough. Um, obviously, Leanne Crichton and Kirsty Hansen came on um, and that resulted in Evan Cuthbert kind of getting pushed up top, which there's a debate to have whether that's the best utilisation of her skills. But I, I was... I was hoping for more. Um, Leanne Crichton had a long lead shot that was, uh, I think, well saved, I want to say. Um, and there was that injury time header from Jane Ross uh, when she came on that hit the top of the bar. But it just felt like we were searching for a fresh impetus and it never quite came, um, which is disappointing because I think when you are playing one of your group rivals and somebody you know if you can get a result from away from home, um, it is a great opportunity. And it just felt like it won now. It kind of felt like more of the same. I don't know what you thought, but that's, that was my take on it as I was kind of watching that second half unfold. Yeah, when you kind of went through that spell where when we took Martha Thomas off, I think the subs that came on were probably the wrong ones. I mean, Kirsty Hansen did look dangerous and Leanne Kreinders had had that chance and sort of did help in the midfield, but you then had the problem of you don't really have a striker there in Cup, but it's good for running about and things up there, but I think she's probably slightly better just playing behind a centre-forward like she was when Martha Thomas was there. And then obviously when Jane Ross came on, I think when you had the striker, you can see Scotland were creating slightly more than they were way out. But it's it, it does get frustrating. Just the only real chance is the one from distance. Then when the header came off the bar, there wasn't really too much in there. And again, that's what's causing the problems with them. And I think you've got someone like Kim Little back. She suits that position perfectly. Whereas here, when you put Erin Cuthbert forward and there's then nothing in behind, because we've said earlier, Caroline, we just fatted deep as well, you've just got nothing in that middle third and it, it makes such a difference there and it's I think you can see that Aaron Cuthbert's resting better, not as a traditional like sort of centre forward but just in behind and it was just a shame that we couldn't capitalise on that when she was in there It felt like one of those performances where see by the end of the game, if you're playing football manager, we're done it, I'm going for this analogy so bear with me, if you're playing football manager and at the end of the game you would have like all your players are rated at six and then you'd maybe have one at seven, which I think Kirsty Smith, I think she had a really good game. I think I'd probably rate her, kind of give her my Scotland player of the match and that that's all. But it'd be one of those games at the end of it where like there was no highlights really to watch and then just you know, this one thing happened at the end of the game, you just kind of go, oh, that's what's happened. Um, that's how I felt at the end of that game. Um, just a little bit, can I just say, uh, frustration. Um, frustration and opportunity maybe lost and when I listened to Shelley Kerr um, on the radio afterwards when she did the interview with the BBC she said that, she said that it was an opportunity missed, um, so it's important that we capitalise on that um, other game in the group was Portugal Cyprus and Portugal only won that 1-0 at home and it took an own goal in the 16th minute from Charon Bullis, um, so Portugal now above Scotland in the table um, so the table currently is Finland on 13 points, having played 5 games Portugal, Scotland on uh, Portugal in ten points, haven't played four games. Scotland in nine, haven't played four games, and then Albania and Cyprus below. But in the context of the group, Campbell, it's Finland, Portugal, Scotland, and we've got two massive games coming up in November now. Yeah, I mean, winning your home games is always sort of anything you can get on the road would be helpful. If you go to Portugal, similar to the game today, you'd be looking to go and win it. But I think if you can beat both sides at home, then Scotland would take a point away to Portugal. Albania and Cyprus, obviously, the only points are likely to come against each other. So, I mean, it's these games between Scotland, Finland and Portugal are going to be so, so crucial. And also, we still we play Finland again at Easter Road in December. is another game that's really, really huge. And every game now after today, you don't want to say becomes must-win, but it's certainly heading along the lines of that where a draw at minimum has to be. You can't really be afford to lose too many more games. Let's um, let's end on a few positives. So, first of all, Campbell, I've said my player match and Kirsty Smith. Does anybody in Scotland's team that you would kind of want to pick out? Kirsty Murray for me, I think, really had a good game in the middle of the park. Just saying, she's maybe not the most physical player when you look at her, but she was she was involved in everything around there and wasn't afraid to put in a tackle and try and create before she was taken off. And yeah, so she certainly was probably the standout one for me to say. Kirsty Hansen at least tried to get some 
direct running it players on G came on as well. So probably those two, I think. Um, in terms of fans in the stadium, that was pretty sound, eh? Yeah, I've been, I've been watching a lot of football for different countries where you're seeing people in the grounds again and again tonight, and it just really irritates you that we can't have anybody here in Scotland, but that's just the way the world works at the minute, isn't it? So it was definitely good to hear some crowd noise that isn't just being piped in. It sounds, it sounds so much better than some of the noises you're getting when your other games on TV. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Shelley Kerr even said that there were some Scotland voices in the crowd when she was speaking post-match. So that's that's good to hear. Scottish folk get everywhere, which is awesome. And a uh, final one on this game. Finland, Finland kit for you, Campbell. Is it a year or an A? <laughs> I saw your tweet with this. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I've seen it the, on the men's side when they've been playing some Nations League games recently. And it's, it's just smart, I think, I, I do like it. Yeah, I think I think I've definitely I, I'll remove the asterisk round to think that I put. Um, I, I think I do like it. Yeah, I, as you see, it's quite smart, a little bit different as well. Um, actually, when I opened my laptop when I got in, I had actually had Finland football shirt up on Google. So there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so disappointing result. Um, but we move on. Um, it's uh, it's been a, a tough weekend. Obviously, been a long time since Scotland have played, but the situation. Uh, well, disappointing tonight. Far from unrecoverable, um, and we have got more than enough quality to make sure that we get to the Euros in 2021, not 21, 22, 2022. Um, so we'll look forward to that. But let's move on from SWNT and move on to SWPL. There you go, Campbell. Smash two acronyms in a row without making a mess of them. Um, there was no SW. <laughs> there was no SWPL one um, action at the weekend because of the national team. But SWPL2 was still out. And of course, me and Campbell were out and about. And we both decided to head to the Enchanted Forest, which is Lock Inch uh, for Park Thistle against Dundee United. Um, I thought I had a pretty enjoyable afternoon. Occasional heavy shower aside, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game, Campbell. It was a good game. I would both said that at the time. It's good to see. I think even looking across the whole of the fixtures, the SWPL barred one game, they were all pretty close. And this week night, it was another one. So the weather was horrendous, obviously, on Sunday, but it was two sides that tried to get the ball down to actually play some football, and both had their spells on top, and it was a pretty enjoyable game. I mean, maybe similar to Scotland, they could have created a few more chances than they did, but I think a draw in the end was a fair result, and it was a match. I don't think really either side, despite Brian Graham maybe saying he could, I don't think anyone really had any proper complaints with uh, a draw being the final result. Yeah, so uh, Partick Thistle took the early lead in the fourth minute, um, ahead of from Claire Doherty. Um, I think Claire's one of these players, Campbell, that we think maybe goes a little bit under the radar, but is very good at, at this level. Um, and I think it's probably fair to say that in the first half, Partick Thistle probably did have better of it. Um, we we both thought that Dundee United seemed a little bit, um, I, I use this phrase a lot, but higgledy-piggledy. There seemed to be a lot of moving about with Dundee United in the first half, and Thistle for for as much of the ball that they had, and I thought Emma Craig in particular was impressive for the other that she was playing, um, maybe didn't create enough when you consider how much they probably, they probably looked in control of that first half gamble. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part they were, it was for United for the first goal was dreadful. I think United have said that themselves, but Claire Doherty's found the space and it's, it's a cracking header once she gets in. Um, United probably created the best chance of that half, to be honest. I think the Stina Klepper's chance just after Thistle took the lead, but Emma Craig's the same was really probably Thistle's star player, so I think things definitely changed when they took her off pretty early on. Um, but again, similar to Scotland, but they just didn't create enough, and the chances they did take, they probably should have scored, but 1-0 at half-time, I don't think anyone really had any complaints, because United simply went up to it, but as you probably get to as well, coming to the second half, and United suddenly came out and wanted to play, and Thistle seemed as if they didn't. I don't know whether the wind played a part in that or not, and then United obviously got their goal and they had chances to win it and then Thistle did it at the end. It was it was a good, enjoyable game and when you're saying Thistle were probably the game of two halves so we described it, Thistle in the first half on top, United in the second. But both sides will be disappointed not to win it but at the same time we've said we'll accept the draw I think but it was an enjoyable watch. Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned that Cena Klepper chance. I think Jade Bailey needs to get a lot of credit as well for making the save. I think it's probably fair to say that Cena overran it just a little bit um, but... A great save from Jade Bailey. I think you're right. If we go into the second half, Dundee United made a made a made a. It was pretty even. Then Dundee brought in Neve Guthrie, um, who I thought made a, a massive difference. Campbell, in terms of, it just seemed to give Dundee United a bit of a focal point. And she's not a big player physically, but it seemed to give them like an outlet that maybe they didn't have, and they have 
players like Tammy Harkin, who who Brian Graham and and Graham Hart both talked about post match, um, who can provide her with balls. And I thought that was a an important change for United in terms of turning the momentum in the second half. Yeah, it was, it was a strange one. You looked at United as we're saying they they seem to set up with that four two three one. I think you had Holly Napier and Aaron Ross with the two sitting just sort of in the middle. And then you look at the the front four. Could also interchange at times as we're saying we looked is this a four three three or they what what formation they're actually playing by this point where they all seem to just kind of getting lost in there. So I think when Neve came on, as you're saying, who we've seen previously as being that centre forward, she's just not a tall player, obviously. And I think playing sort of in behind as one of the kind of interchangeable three, she really did make a difference. And she's put a great ball in the middle with Tammy Harkins, who got to hit the target and instead boosted the ball high and wide. But Neve certainly made a big difference for United and once they got the goals and they've had their chances too, but she was she definitely did make that difference. She came on, I think it was for Erin Ross as well, and suddenly I think United have pretty much got five attacking players here on the park, so it was it was a sub where they weren't exactly afraid to go for it, but she, she certainly did make that difference in the middle, um, the middle third, if you want to call it that again, where I'm, I'm not really sure who took what position against we're seeing how much they changed, but Neve was certainly a player that looked to get on the ball for United and despite being pretty wee, was certainly not afraid to put herself about and did have a big impact on the game. Yes, it did. Um, it would be Jade McLaren, though, that would get the equaliser. Very similar to how Barfit Thistle scored, that a corner probably not defended the best and a player making making use of the space of being given to kind of score a goal. She had an opportunity to put United ahead, but I think maybe in terms of the best angle of an opportunity that we saw Campbell in that second half probably went to part at this after the equaliser just went in um, new signing Athena Varnava uh, coming up from Welsh side oh we were going to practice this and I didn't did you practice it? I could lie and say I did but I can't remember how you spell <laughs> it so yeah. um, anyway separate uh, separate player um, signed for part of this from Welsh side Sayonid I want to say um, that's 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 on us we haven't got that right yet. that's on us Um but um, a really quick counter-attack from Bartit Thistle. And look, for all intents and purposes, she's going to put it in. Um, I think Brian Green said post-match he thought she was going to head it. I thought the volley wasn't a bad shout. Um, it just went over the bar. But I think from that point, that chance there, that felt like the game was kind of destined for, for one each. Yeah, it was, it was a really good chance for Athena to come on. It was a name no one seemed to recognise. And obviously, it was officially signed after the game. But... I think a volley probably was the right one to go for again. It's dropped forward well, and it's just that case of when you're running to try and slow yourself down and control it, take the shot down. Obviously, then she couldn't. Um, Jade McLaren seemed to be getting all United's chances. I mean, she was saying that post-match herself. Didn't realise she'd actually scored. And I still find it quite funny. If you look at the highlights, she falls to the ground and then kind of gets up, totally dazed and aware of the fact she has found the net. And then it's only a great save for Jade Bailey to stop her putting United ahead. And then she said that chance fell for Athena. It was a frustrating one for her as well. It would have been a great debut goal, but just simply wasn't to be for either side. No, it certainly wasn't. Um, uh, after the match, we did obviously speak to some people, so I'm going to play that in just now. So here we have the thoughts from part of this head coach, Brian Graham, Dundee United scorer, Jade McLaren, and United assistant, Graham Hart. If I'm, if I'm honest, I'm disappointed not to take three points. I thought first half we dominated the game, and I think we should have been out of sight. We should have took our chances, obviously. It's a hell of a win today, you've seen that in the second half, but I still thought we were well in control of the game and we've lost a goal for a set-piece. Yeah, I mean, the first half, I think it's probably fair to say you, you dominated the position, an early goal as well from Claire Dockety from that, that corner. Um, did you think going into half-time that you were, you were kind of in control? Yeah, definitely. I thought I was, I was I was honestly couldn't believe we were only 3-0 up at half-time, if I'm honest. And that's the lesson you've got to learn, you don't take your chances, it comes back and bites you. You mentioned obviously the conditions and winds kind of turn. It, it didn't seem to decide which way it wanted to go. Um, do you feel there was an advantage either side? I don't think it really. I think it was just going everywhere. It was just a horrible day. It was just one of those days. It was wind was swirling about the pitch, but I thought we managed it better in the first half. Second half we started particularly well again. I think we're clean through again, one on one and miss it again. So that's another opportunity missed and then. They had, I think they're number 20, I don't know the girl's name, but her quality in her left foot was fantastic and we kept giving free kicks away, giving corners away, it just invited pressure on toppies and we had set play picked off and she put one in our centre-half's head and it was a good header to be fair to her. Yeah, but even after that you did have that chance towards the end. Um, new signing, Athena, Athena. Varanava? Yeah, so she came in and she done really well when she came on to be honest and I thought she was going to head it, but she was, I think if she headed it so she scores, but she's went for the volley and it's went over the bar and it's another one missed. Um, so that's first two games, four points from it. How do you feel about the start so far to the season? Obviously, still, still kind of new to yourself. 
obviously I, I wanted six points I'm not going to lie to you and I, I think we deserve six points but that's football for you sometimes sometimes you don't, you don't take your chances you get punished for the personnel we've got we've been kind of struggling to get a, a starting back four um, but after today I think we're, we're, we're pretty set going forward um, there's a lot of confidence we're quite confident to take the ball and build them from the back and uh, yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see where, where it goes a back four you're pretty good going forward as well and obviously you got your goal how happy were you to get your first goal this season? I didn't even know I didn't even know I scored it <laughs> I was too busy on the ground uh, no it was good it's good to, to get a start eh? um, I, was, I was really pleased that they come from a set piece we've been working hard at set pieces defending and attacking set pieces so uh, yeah very very pleased you were solid going forward the rest could have had a few goals to you a bit maybe disappointed you didn't get somewhere here I want to play in set midfield man that's where I go right <laughs> <laughs> one day one day you've been moved back obviously second and a half of the season big Gavin yeah. uh, Harry there is that sort of the position you see yourself or would you like to be playing for uh, yeah, I mean I've always I've always played kind of set and a half uh, growing up and stuff um, and it is a position I like playing kind of like playing forward but uh, as a centre half uh, I, like, I like being able to see the game I like being able to dictate what goes on and uh, basically run the show as such so yeah pretty proud of that performance <laughs> I thought it was a bit of a game first half as the conditions didn't help um, partly it was probably a better team first half um, but I think the wind helped, helped that and then second half as the game went on I think we came into it and we've had loads and loads of chances in the second half and probably not done enough taking them uh, to look go and win the game. Well, Chris, myself, they were saying it's been pretty much a game of two halves. I think a draw was a fair result at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, based on the game of two halves, I, I think we've had the better chances. Uh, I think they'd probably dominate the first half without creating an awful lot of chances. But I think when you look at the second half, then Tammy's had a couple of chances, Jade's had a couple of chances. We could have easily had that, that game won on a, another day. But that's football, I suppose. Same, same as last week, we could have easily won that game, but we didn't do enough. So. You said obviously you did a fair few goals in previous games. You happy though? Your defence was we're saying they're pretty fairly solid this afternoon. Yeah, we, said, I, we just said that to them after the game there, especially losing that early goal. They could easily went and kind of folded again, uh, especially what's going on in pre-season and, and the way of what happened last week after losing four. But I thought every single one, including the, the keeper, was, was excellent after obviously losing a silly goal. You said obviously going forward, you were, you created a lot of chances, but you disappointed that you wanted a bit more clinical. Yeah, yeah, I mean. We've, we've, we've tested the keeper only a couple of the ones we've actually had really good chances she's made a fantastic save from Jade but we've had two or three that we've missed the target and we've got to really be working the goalie if, if not scoring so yeah disappointing not to obviously go and score in our couple at least I've been Charles we're getting this question in an interview right so I'm going for the first no, week no it doesn't count if you then no, announce it as the question <laughs> well I'll, I'll edit this out right? <laughs> if you could have any superpower what would it be? oh eh uh, Jesus Christ, I think we're fucking now. Probably ability to fly. Do you Why? need a reason? I go for it. Uh, I've probably just get around quicker. You had them um, flying would be useful. I think, as you said, obviously you got your goal from a set piece of a good header for Jade, but she could have had a goal few goals herself. How pleased were you with her performance? Jade was outstanding today. I thought her and as I said, the whole defence was good, but Jade, Jade and Chloe at the, the centre of the Chloe's came in for her first game as well, and I thought Jade. Jade's an experienced player for us. She's, she's been there. She's done it, and she leads the team really well. And you even see when she when she scores, she she then goes and drives and tries to get another couple. Which at times, as a manager or a coach, you're, you're thinking, where are you going? But you can't fault the enthusiasm for over. And every time in training, she's like that as well. Just the enthusiasm to go and to go and try and score. I spoke to Jade there as well. She's pretty pleased with how hard and Chloe performed. Do you think it'll be a sort of centre half pairing going forward? Yeah, potentially. I mean, to be fair, we've got quite a few defenders. We've had Rebecca and Georgia on the bench that didn't go on today in terms of centre-back. So there's a, there's a lot of competition for places in there. Obviously, Meg's played in there uh, as well. Hayley can play in there. So so we've got plenty of centre, centre-backs in there. I thought Jade and Chloe did play really well uh, together. Uh, today it's the first time they've played together. But there's certainly competition. So, so if one of the two of them aren't, aren't playing well, then there's, there's players that will step in and, and sort of take their position. You uh, brought on Neve Guthrie for halfway through the second half. I thought she kind of had a good impact in terms of like, disrupting the first event. What did you think of her performance? I thought Neve was brilliant. She, I thought she probably changed the game for us in terms of actually going and getting on the front foot. Uh, Neve's been a wee bit frustrated at not not maybe playing as much as she would like, and I've seen a lot of players sort of going maybe not not be happy and just go the other way and not actually show a good attitude. She's been absolutely fantastic. Showed a great attitude, and you seen came on the day and she put two or three great chances on for players and. She's given us a real, real problem in terms of team selection going forward. 
Um, big win for Aberdeen today as well. And obviously today's draw. Do you think this is going to be as competitive as it was last season in SWPL 2? I think it'll be more competitive. I think last year you probably, although we were sort of up there, I think I think Hamilton and Hearts were probably the two sort of teams that were, were always up. It had a wee bit of a gap, but this year I think I don't think there'll be anyone that's sort of running away with it. I think everyone's going to beat everyone, and even even the bottom half of the table is going to be the sort of same. So I, I think it'll just be just every game is at one at a time, and just see what happens. Sounds. Just finally there as well, Brian Graham was saying he singled out Tammy Harkin as one of your main players who's also pushed forward for last week, but quite sorry, your main player if you want to call her that. How pleased were you as well with how she scored, uh, created, sorry, created these chances and obviously got the assist for the goal? Hi, ta- Tammy, Tammy is uh, probably more frustrated with herself than we are with her. Uh, she feels that she could have two or three today, which she probably could have. Uh, I think every time Tammy plays, she influences the game and she's been playing in left back, obviously, with, with Phil being out injured and, and Meg being playing at centre-back so Tammy's had to fill in there but I think we're all in agreement that she, she's a much bigger threat going forward and I think you see that today and although she's not scored today she scores last week from left-back and she really drives the team on and she's got a wee bit of creativity and when she catches a shot with her left foot there's no stopping it but today just wasn't her day in terms of scoring. Yeah so that was um, Brian, Jade and Graham. and while that interview was playing we just had to be checked to see how we sell this Welsh team name and Campbell now has it sussed which is Kincoid, according to the Google Translate man. I'm Kincoid. not Welsh, but we'll do. There we go. See, we'll, we'll always try and get it in the end, even if we don't get it right first time. <laughs> but let's, let's move on. As I say, entertaining game down at Lockinch. It's a fun wee place to go and watch football as well, Lockinch. You, you've got to kind of get bang in the middle of a park, and then it looks like on a nice summer's day it'd be somewhere good to watch football. But um, yeah, let's move on. Um, let's move on to Hamilton against uh, Hamilton Ackies away to Kilmarnock. Um, one a win for Aki's at a late goal from Georgie McTeer. Um, highlights went up from both sides in this game, so we were able to watch both perspectives. Um, I looked, I looked pretty even um, for the most part. I would say from what I've seen of the highlights, uh, it looked like Hamilton probably towards the end of the game were pushing more for the winner than Kelly were. Yeah, I mean, Kilmarnock had the Twitter updates, and obviously when you kind of see the game, it, it's tough for us. And from what they were saying, it seemed to be. I think it was the better side, and then I've watched the highlights from both Kilmarnock and Hamilton. And again, as we've been saying in every other game, it just seemed to be a game with very few chances. I think Kilmarnock, early doors came out and they were right up for it, again, from all what we've seen and heard, but it seemed to be the team that were really taking the game to Hamilton. Um, Rebecca got with a good chance with a header that she probably should have done better with, and then that was about it. Aki's, I mean, Lord, Lord and Evans missed an absolute sad. I don't know how she missed it when I see it back. But again, there really wasn't much to it. I think in the end, what's probably totally outdone Kilmarnock was the fact that obviously everything that's been going on, they've not really, they didn't have a game last week. I think they've only trained once before that game. So you're always going to tire. So for them, it was a sickness for them to lose it on, lose the game so late on. And one where I think on the balance of it, from what we've seen, they probably would deserve the points. And they'll be, they'll be disappointed with that. But in the end, it's a great finish for Georgia McTeer for the goal. You saw the jubilation the, from the Hamlin subs and coaching staff. So it's, an important win for Aki's, who obviously have title aspirations throughout the season, but one where it's a real kick in the teeth for Kilmarnock, but they'll be pleased with their performance and look to build on that when they get their game next weekend. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's a, a, you're very right to point out that Kilmarnock have had a disrupted start to their season. Obviously, their, their first game of the season um, wasn't able to go ahead um, and they've not been able to train over a two-week period because of restrictions that I need to come into play. So, yeah, I think it looked like a very dogged performance from Kilmarnock. As you say, I thought it was a pretty good goal. It was well worked. Um, just uh, George McTeer on the edge of the Bay Area and a really nice hit. There was also a bit of skill, which I messaged you about last night when I was watching it, where Nicole Kearney, and I can't remember which, which player it was, so that's... Um, but um, just showboated, I think it's probably fair to say. Um, uh, and uh, it was a Kilmarnock footage that actually highlighted that as opposed to the Aki's one as well. Um, so yeah, uh, that was a, that was an interesting bit of footage. But yeah, um, one a win for Aki's, um, two wins out of two, which is what all they'll be looking for. And obviously Kilmarnock, just kind of they'll probably would have looked at this one as a little bit as a free hit potentially. Um, obviously given the fact that this is probably um, maybe a week or two behind everybody else in terms of the preparations for the season. I mean, I think that comes out first, but Kilmarnock will be a constant bunch of players. Obviously, and the fact they've had to wait that extra week. They'd have been really hungry to get their season gone. So I can imagine Coman that would be coming out there and they'll know themselves. They'll come out and say, we can take on anyone and really 
giving it their best go, then they'll be disappointed about saying not to take something from the game. It's just the fact they've not been able to train makes a big difference for them. So that's it's a tough one to take. But as we're saying, um, they're on the travels next week to Boromir, and that's a game they'll look at as one they can pick up three points in. And so there's positives for them, but losing the game's never easy. Um, I think it was Amy Doherty that got nutmeg by um, Nicole Kenny, if I'm right. So I'm sorry, Amy, for putting that in, but I had to stick it out. Um, but no, Kilmarnock could be pleased with the performance, but it would have been one of these, again, some of the Scotland really frustrated that they ended up coming out of that game with nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you say, on next week to Muir, and it's almost like you knew which game we're going on to next, which is Muir Thistle against Aberdeen. Um, this was the early kickoff on Sunday, and by the time um, by the time I checked my phone, it was already 3-0 to Aberdeen, and it finished Muir uh, Thistle now Aberdeen 9. Now, neither me, or Cal, uh, neither me or Campbell were at the game, but uh, Mark Gordon, who covers Aberdeen women for Aberdeen FC, was there. So I actually dialed him up and got him to kind of give me his assessment of the game and Aberdeen's season so far. And this is what he had to say. I'm now joined by Mark Gordon, um, who is an Aberdeen-based journalist and has been following the Aberdeen women's team so far this season. Uh, Mark, thank you much for coming on and spending a little bit of time with us just to give us an update from the team up north. Hey, Chris, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, Good start for Aberdeen this season. Two games played, two wins. Um, what has been your early thoughts of the season so far? Yeah, obviously been a really positive start. Um, Fourteen goals, uh, thirteen goals, sorry, in two games is is quite good going as well. Um, two very different matches. I think um, Sunday's one just passed the nine 0 win. It's kind of always difficult to assess a game like that because you know they scored two early goals and the game was kind of almost almost done right from the start. So I think maybe the, the first game against Dundee United was a better kind of uh, measure of just uh, where the team are at coming back from 3-2 down to win 4-3. So yeah, really positive start to the season. What were the expectations kind of coming into the season? I've seen obviously some of the stuff kind of coming out from the club and obviously some of the members of the team, but in terms of being up there, what do you think were the expectations going into the SWPL2 campaign having been promoted? I think it's always difficult to gauge when you come into a new league, isn't it? Because you know you haven't played the teams, you haven't played them regularly, so there's there was no real kind of marker there for just where they were at. So um, I think there was um, obviously the expectation that it would be a good season. However, I don't know where a good season would lie. Obviously, promotion would be the the ultimate um, goal, but um, I think maybe it'll. B once every team's played everyone in the league, we might have a better kind of gauge of just exactly where we where we are, because it's like I say, difficult when you're a newly promoted team just to kind of um test where you are in the league. In terms of the facility at Cormac Park, where Aberdeen playing obviously moving from the Aberdeen Sports Village, can you just kind of give a little bit of insight to that in terms of the difference that you think that might make for Aberdeen this season? Sure. Um well the the pitch itself was the Sports Village was a grass pitch. Comet Park is obviously on the AstroTurf. Um, it's a big pitch, um, which suits the style of play that Aberdeen have got, I think. Um, I think some of the teams that are used to playing on some of the smaller Astros might struggle a bit with it, just because it is kind of a bigger pitch. Um, and obviously the facilities there are all, all brand new, and albeit um, the change of facilities and things can't get used at the minute with the COVID restrictions, but um, all the facilities there are are all brand new and all um, really cracking facilities for the training as well as for the matches. And you mentioned obviously the two games so far in the league this season. Uh, opening test against Dundee United, I think a lot of people were interested in that one. I know if I had been a bit closer, I probably would have tried to get along to it. 4-3 um, comeback win. It was something that Aberdeen made a little habit of at the start of this year. Um, can you give us a wee insight into that game first of all? <clears throat> sure, yeah. Um like I say, it was it was a kind of good game to start off with to see where the, the team are at. Um, they never never had a lot of games. They won the previous season, they won the league without losing a game, as you know. So there wasn't a lot of games where they faced lots of adversity like that. So it was good to, right from the start of the season, to put them in a bit of a test. And they were 3-2 down. It was five minutes to go to sort of come back to winning four three was really a credit to their kind of the mental side of their game as well as the physical side that they were able to keep going right to the end so early in the season. 
You also mentioned the 9-0 game uh, from the weekend just past against Birmingham Thistle. Weird games to try and explain and write reports on. Uh, I think we both know from experience. Um, what was your assessment of the game on Sunday? Yeah, I think I think kind of it was kind of over quite early on. Like two, two goals in the first, I think five six minutes, and it's really difficult um, for any team when, when you go down like that kind of early in a game. Um, you, you kind of feel for the opponents at times as well. But um, you know, to Birmingham's credit, they kind of kept going. That they were still creating some chances for themselves late into the game. So you know, they, they did um, they did keep fighting. In fairness to them, but. I think once Aberdeen had got their early goals, you know, and the confidence was going and, um, yeah, it was kind of one-way traffic for, for a lot of the game and Aberdeen were just kind of clinical in front of goal. Um, Bailey Hutchison got a hat-trick at the weekend. Is, is, could you again give some insight in terms of some of the players to maybe look out for from Aberdeen this season? Yeah, it's difficult to kind of pick out uh, kind of main players. They don't really have kind of one or two kind of star players like a lot of their teams have. They're very much kind of a team, if you like, may sound a bit like cliche or cheesy to say that, but they are very much a kind of a team rather than a team that relies on one or two individuals. But um, Bailey, obviously, standing out early in the season because she scored um, so many goals, so four goals in her first two games. Um, so she's obviously one to look out for. But yeah, throughout the team, there's kind of a lot of good players and a lot of young players as well. It's a really young squad. Um, I think maybe five or six uh, teenagers or 20 and below in the in the te- team for the first two weeks. So it's kind of a, a sign of just how young a squad they are, um, which is obviously going to be good for them going forward as well. It feels like there's a kind of unity between the men's side and the women's side with, with Aberdeen at the moment. Um, I know that, for example, your reports go up on the, the Aberdeen homepage as well. Um, homepage of the Aberdeen website. Um, is that something that translates kind of up in Aberdeen in terms of the two sides kind of working together? I think being in the same train facilities and things helps that. You know, they're all in, in the same building now, so they do kind of cross paths more and they do see each other more. So there is more of a um, a club feeling than, than there would have been before. I think maybe across all the teams at Aberdeen now with the youth players and all the way through, they're all at the same facilities, so they're all kind of seeing each other and crossing paths more often. And yeah, it's good that the, you know, the main account that are um, putting out the deals of the games and the updates and things as well, it kind of reaches as much people as possible. So yeah, it's really positive in that respect. What do you think as a kind of fan slash reporter uh, Aberdeen could achieve this season? I, I don't want to big them up too much. I don't want to give them a big head, but um, they've certainly started really well. Um, I, I think if they, if they keep going the way they're at, I think, as I say, once everyone's played everyone in the league, there might be a better gauge of just kind of where we're at once everyone's got a look of everyone else. But certainly positive signs that they can get from the season what they want. They're, as I say, they're a young team, but they're a really good team as well and they're confident. And um, yeah, I'm confident of a positive season for them. Um, that's very much. Thanks very much for the insight. Um, it's something we're aware we don't have. Um, do you want to plug yourself just now before I let you go? Uh, yeah, I'm at, uh, at the Mark Gordon on Twitter. Um, you can find me there for any updates on Aberdeen or any other ramblings that I might have. Perfect. Um, yeah, and you did a really good job at the weekend, obviously, giving the match updates as it was going through as well. So, um, yeah, give Mark a wee follow. Uh, but, Mark, thank you very much for now. Appreciate it. Magic. Cheers, Chris. Thank you. Um, so we've just heard from uh, Mark there, Campbell. Um, 9-0 is kind of one of those results that speak for themselves, really, isn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, Aberdeen, as we'd seen last week, obviously, we knew they can score goals. But having watched Boromir against Hamilton, they were really solid defensively and they never looked like a team that was going to lose too many goals. So to be two goals down in the first four minutes and then to end up losing it by nine is it's a poor result, really. They'll know it themselves. And... They're a team that we've all highlighted as maybe been one down the bottom end of the table, but no one ever likes to lose 9-0 and it's, it's not great to look at either. So it's, it'll be annoying for them. I think the fact they've lost early goals won't have helped, but it's it's a, it's a great result for Aberdeen. As Mark sort of said, they're a very comfortable one in the end, but it's, it's a really properly disappointing afternoon for Boromir. And it's, it's, it's not the sort of result you're really wanting to see. Every other game in the league over the weekend was close. 
So for Borromeo to go out and lose the way they did is one it'll be a tough one to take for them. So right kicking teeth losing it um, so heavily. So it's one they'll look to bounce back from against Kilmarnock. So it could be an interesting game on Sunday. But it's a really disappointing start the season for Borromeo given the fact they ran Hamilton so close last week. To take away the sort of positive they had for New Douglas Park to then go and take nine was not great for them. No, it's it's not what you were saying. I'm sure they'll spend a lot of time um, trying to remedy that right as you see ahead of their game against Kamark this coming weekend. I mean, Aberdeen played played two, scored 13. It's We all had them penned as dark horses, I think it's fair to say. Bailey Hutchison, top goal scorer in the league with four goals. Obviously, she got the hat trick at the weekend. Ailey Shore, who had kind of pinpointed, scored a couple as well. Um, I don't know about you, Campbell, but I am champing at the bit to see Aberdeen in the flesh to see exactly what they're all about, um, to see if this is just results that are looking good or if they really are the, the kind of real deal at this level. I mean, that's that's the major downside for us of staying in Glasgow. Most of the teams are sort of done this way, but we've got players like Aberdeen who are playing really well. It's, it's never easy to see them, obviously, especially if it's going with the coronavirus and what have you. So. One we're looking at the fixtures to see when they're down this way and who they're playing and hopefully when the next few weeks we'll be able to see Aberdeen. But we've got a lot of exciting young players having won that league there and they've been in um, with the lower the younger levels in the Scotland national side as well. And it'll be a team that I hope to see in the next few weeks. But on paper, it's it's two very good results at the season and top of the table just saying and the, the stats don't lie for them there. So Aberdeen will be absolutely delighted with their first few games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to another uh, team who was playing their first game of the season, and that was St. Johnson, who travelled to play Stirling University. Um, we had some goal highlights for this one, which was great to see from St. Johnson. Um, finished Stirling University 1, St. Johnson 2. Um, Morgan Steedman opening the scoring for St. Johnson before uh, Robin Gallagher got the equaliser, um, which is different from what was tweeted, I'm pretty sure, now I'm thinking about it. Um, and then St. Johnson with a last-minute winner from uh, Rebecca McGowan, the Scotland Under-19 International. Really good finish, Campbell, from her, um, and a, a good start to the season for St. Johnson. Yeah, I mean, again, like Kilmarnock, it's frustrating for them. They had an extra week to wait. So to go in there and start it with three points is fantastic for St. Johnson. It's, there's nothing better than a last-minute winner. Um, celebrations ended up in a bust nose, but it was it was good to see. And it's a great finish from, um, from Rebecca to get St. Johnson's winner there. Still in uni, we saw last week, and they were pretty poor. So for them to come back, and you know, it's, it's flight command at losing the goal late on, they'll be annoyed with that. But the positives that they've been a lot closer than they were against Glasgow women, and Craig Beverage will hope to build on that. But... To lose a late goal like that is, is definitely a sickness. I'm glad you mentioned the scenes because you mentioned the Hamilton game as well. Um, I don't know about you, Campbell, but I saw two of the best scenes of the weekend from the SWPL. Uh, the Hamilton goal late on and obviously that St. Johnson win which led to the bloody nose. Um, it's just, uh, like I think sometimes people misinterpret not many people being at a game as it doesn't matter. And I think if you had seen those clips, which would be tweeted out by leading the line, uh, if you'd seen either of those clips when those winners went in, you'll see that it mattered. And I don't know about you, but I got a wee buzz out of seeing those kind of celebrations of any team in SWPL um, when something like that happens, especially last minute. Have you seen me bounced about the house when United the winning games early in the season? I know it's a long time ago now, then you'd know <laughs> that we have a name there and ground still, it does still mean a lot to fans. And I mean, it's, it's a late goal for these two sides you're seeing in the Aki's video, you've seen the subs are loving it. You've seen Bobby and Gary as well, pretty much on the park with the end of it. And then for St Johnston, I'm not quite sure who it was, but it's a fantastic leap. It's nearly leaped across their whole team. And obviously they hurt one of their teammates, but it was, uh, it's definitely good to see. And that, that sort of feeling when you score a last minute one, that it's never going to be beaten, especially when it's your first game of the season. So it's it is always good to see. It's not something you see too much, I think, in sometimes in the women's game, in Scotland particularly. So seeing these players really enjoy it and the... Uh, coaching staff and people as well it's, it's definitely good to see Absolutely um, so uh, a winning start for St Johnson this season um, and let's move on to the last game um, probably the upset of the weekend from what we were what we were thinking let's be honest Campbell um, Queen's Park to Glasgow women now we obviously wax lyrical about how good Glasgow women were going forward uh, last week against Southern University but we did have a, a wee kind of reservation about them uh, defensively uh, Queen's Park winning two now. Mary Cook scoring in the first half, and then our last another last minute goal. Uh, this time from Louisa Boys seals a, a, a two 0 win. I mean, uh, we haven't seen any of this game. Uh, unfortunately, it's not, I've not seen any highlights yet. I, I've just come straight home from work on a Tuesday, so if they've gone out during the day, apologies. Um, but uh, I mean, that's a good result for Queen's Park, especially when you consider 
probably at the start of the year in SWPL2 version one, they were probably one of the teams you kind of favoured for relegation. So to get a result against an established team like Glasgow Women is a, is a good coup for them. Yeah, I mean, they brought in some good players. We've mentioned they both highlighted Chloe Doherty a few weeks ago as well. And then, given what happened on the opening day with them, and then losing comfortably to Thistle and Glasgow and winning comfortably um, against Stirling Uni, it wasn't the one anybody really saw coming. So it's certainly a fantastic result. It's a win. It's a clean sheet. And they'll want Lesser Hamden to be a tough place for teams to go this season. So it's, for Glasgow women, like we mentioned, um, going forward, they were really, really good against Stirling. They weren't challenged too much. And they says if teams can challenge them, they could then go and score against them. And obviously, that's exactly what Queen's Park did. And just saying for them, like I mentioned, the clean sheet, again, Mark Kirk will be absolutely delighted with that. It's a fantastic result for them to get their first win of the season. And you always want to get points on the board as early as you can. So for Queen's to get that, as I've said, it's a, it's a very, very good win and one that they'll hope to build on when they go into their next few games. It's definitely a great result, given, as you're saying, it's not one that many folks are coming. No, it definitely wasn't. Um, in terms of the fixtures coming this weekend, uh, Aberdeen uh, are at home to Queen's Park. So two teams coming off a, a good results. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes up at Cormac Park. Dundee United are playing Stirling University. It's uh, Burnham against Kilmarnock. Partick Thistle against St Johnston and Hamilton against Glasgow Women in SWPL2. And this weekend, SWPL1 is back as well. So in SWPL1, I don't think they've announced the BBC game yet. Um, I think it might be Heart Celtic because that's what it was scheduled for before, but I've not seen it yet. Uh, but as well as Heart Celtic, you have Spartans against Rangers, uh, Motherwell Hibs and Glasgow City against Forfar Farmington. Um, I, th- uh, I haven't quite decided where I'm going yet this weekend, Campbell, because I've started to get in the habit of deciding really late but um, where are you off to have you made the decision yeah I'll be at um, Motherwell against Hibs I was at Motherwell's were saying just before the season ended um, or the season sort of ended started if you want to call it uh, that night when Patrick Thistle played them so it'll be interesting to see how they go up against Hibs it's two teams that again have changed quite a bit from last season but it'll be interesting to see how they both cope and then I'll potentially be heading through to Hamilton as well possibly I think kickoff times work so we'll see how that goes and See if Glasgow women can bounce back from their defeat yesterday, Sunday. So yesterday, Sunday, whenever it's all good. We we live in podcast land now, Campbell. You can say a day, and <laughs> someday will know it's the day round about what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, so I think that wraps it up for this week. Um, thank you very much for listening, Campbell. Thanks as always for coming on and being uh, the second half of this dynamic duo. <laughs> Just a second, I thought. <laughs> no, I just. Well, you do the hosting and then you can be the first half and then we'll switch it around and it'll be good. But no, and obviously this is um, without Campbell and me, um, then the two of us would be speaking to, each, to nobody. So um, yeah, it's good that we're both here. Um, but thank you very much for listening. Uh, please subscribe, tell other people about it. We're trying to grow women's football in Scotland. Um, have a read our pieces from the Albania game on the website. And uh, the interviews that we did with Emily Much and Amy Muir, which was uh, a lot of fun to do as well. Um, but for now, stay safe and we'll speak again soon.